You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. Zacchaeus was in the presence of Jesus. Okay? Jesus tells Zacchaeus, he sees Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is a, is a short man, but he's a big king, king, drug kingpin, short man. He climbs up in the tree because he heard Jesus passing by. He climbed up because he wanted to see Jesus. Zacchaeus had three problems. He had, some, he had a social problem. People didn't like him. Okay? He had a spiritual problem. He needed the Lord. Okay? But he also had a physical problem. He was a short man. And he climbs up to see Jesus. And Jesus looks up and says, hey, hey, hey Zach, I want to come and eat at your house. And he's shocked. He comes to eat, and you all know, whatever Jesus went, his boys are with him. Okay? So he takes, he, he and the disciples go there, and they, they there talking about Jesus. Did, Jesus. did Jesus know where he got us? Did Jesus know what this man does for a living? Now, I got to go here for a moment. Jesus didn't try to blend in with him. Jesus didn't start partying with them to be relevant. They didn't start doing whatever. Y'all understand what I'm saying. If you know, you know. Okay? He didn't start doing it. Jesus just, the fact that Jesus wasn't judging him just to be in his presence. Zacchaeus sitting there and he's amazed that Jesus is not pointing a finger at him. He's not condemning at him. And all of a sudden, in the middle of a chicken wing, Zacchaeus jumps up and says, Have my goods I give to the poor. And about anything I take from anybody, I'm a, a, if, now he, he, we know he still needs to be saved. He said, If I've stolen anything, ain't no if. This is how you make your living, dude. If I've taken anything from anything, I'm going to give him half my goods I'm going to give to the poor. Jesus was just in his presence. Jesus didn't become like him to win him, he was just Jesus. Stop giving me this stuff. You got to go where they go and do what they do to win them. Just be who Jesus is in you. Just let Jesus shine in you. And let them, let them see the difference rather than you trying to blend into the difference but then explain. The Holy Spirit convicted Zacchaeus. Jesus publicly endorsed and commended and memorialized a known prostitute named Mary after she poured perfume on him and washed his feet with her hair. And he said, wherever this gospel is preached, make sure you mention her. My God. He memorialized her, not for how many men she had. Let me make it relevant. How many bodies she had. He memorialized her for what she did for me. Remember only what you do for Christ will last. He memorialized it wherever this gospel is preached. Make sure you mention her. That's why I'm preaching about her right now because Jesus said, put her in the book. When you tell my story, tell her story. Oh my God, my God. God saved you so when they tell Jesus' story, somebody got to tell your story. 
Come on, if you live the way God wants you to live and let him change you the way he wants to change you, when your family members and your children, your grandchildren, tell them about Jesus, they're going to have to tell them about you. My God, my God. When I talk about Jesus, I got to talk about Bishop Scotland Bailey because Jesus changed him, and because Jesus changed him, I had a light in my family. When everybody else was partying and drinking and running around, I had somebody in my family who had lived for the Lord who was different, and I said, I want to be like that and not like that. God will always raise up somebody to be a light. Who am I talking to? Because many of you here today, you're too busy trying to blend in, and God said, I need you to be a light. Stop getting high with them. Stop drinking with them. Stop going to the club with them. I need you to be a light because when folks get ready to get out, they want some place to go where they know it's different. The church can't become the club. The church can't become the club. Y'all know where the club is. Raise your hand if you know where the club is. Thank you. I just want to see I tell them I ain't lying. I didn't ask you if you went there last night. I just said, I just said, raise your hand if you know where it is. Y'all know where the, where the club is. But when you come to church, you're expecting something different. Oh my God. You're expecting a different atmosphere in the church than I do in the club. I'm expecting the spirit of God to move and for me to sense the anointing of God in a way here that I don't sense in the club. I can't become the club if I want the spirit of God to do what he did for Zacchaeus. Hmm. God has stabbed the New Testament church through an unsuccessful cussing, lying, and denying fisherman named Peter. God raised up the greatest of all the apostles who wrote half the New Testament to whom he gave the greatest revelation as a risky, persecuting, murdering Pharisee named Paul. Paul recognized himself he was a risky investment. He says in 1 Corinthians 15, 9 and 10, he said, I'm the least of the apostles. All the rest of these folk, got, they got it going on more than me. I'm the least of the apostles. That I, I'm not even meat. I'm not even really, I don't really qualify to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. But God took a risk in me. The great investor made an investment in me. So by the grace of God, I am what I am. Oh, I love this next verse. I've been, been meditating on it for the last couple of years. And the grace which he bestowed upon me was not in vain. God invested some grace on me, and I can't let it be in vain. God is expecting a return from what he put on me, and, he put, and I can't let it be in vain. God, God's expecting me to produce more than he started me off with. I can't let what God put on me, put in me, be in vain. By the grace of God, I am what I am. His grace which he bestowed upon was not in vain. He said, but I labored more abundantly than all. I worked that grace. My God, I worked that grace. Everything you see, because I worked the grace. Don't get mad at me because you didn't work the grace. We all got the grace. Some people work the grace, and some people don't work the grace. We all got favor, but some people take advantage of favor and walk in the door, and some of them scared to walk in the door. We all got mercy, and some of y'all going to keep 
talking about what you did in the past and how unworthy you are. Or you can say God's grace and his mercy is rich towards me and God not holding my past against me and devil, I'm not letting you hold my past against me. My future will be greater than my past. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I don't care what I was. What I was is not who I am and who I am is not who I'm going to be. Keep watching me. Keep, keep, keep watching me. Just follow my life. You're going to be able to write my biography. You're going to be able to tell for I knew him when, but he ain't that no more. She's not that anymore. They're not there anymore. Look at somebody say, work that grace. So yes, I labored the grace of God that was with me. So yes, God is a high-risk investor. He's a venture capitalist, but you are his investment. Romans 5, 6, and 7, it reminds us, he said, when we were without strength, we, as Bishop Bailey used to always say, I wasn't fit to live, and I wasn't ready to die. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. I wasn't fit to live, and I wasn't ready to die. I wasn't fit to live, and I wasn't ready to die. Ha-ta! When we were without strength, in due time, at the right time, Christ died for who? Christ died for who? Mm -hmm. don't, don't try to assume, just read y'all. <laughs> the, the unjust, me. Just read the scripture. Christ died for who? That was you. Ungodly. Christ died for ungodly people, not godly people, not people who deserved him to die. It said, because for scarcely would a, for a righteous man, if somebody's a good man, will one die? Okay, I like you and everything, but I ain't willing to die for you. That's what he's saying there. For scarce would for a righteous man would one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God, God, God's above all this. But God gave, commended, displayed, oh, here we go, invested his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners. While you were in your sins, he made an investment in you. He didn't say, live holy for five years, and I'll put my grace on you. He didn't say, tithe for three years straight, and I'll give you favor. While we were yet sinners, he died. He commended his love towards us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. So, but God, despite how risky we are, despite all our flaws and, and this earthen, dirty vessel that he invested in, he has set you up to succeed in 2024. Come on, somebody say by faith, I will succeed in all my endeavors in 2024. Come on, do you receive that? Do you receive that? God has set you up to succeed in 2024. Second Peter 1 and 3, well, how has he set up to, to succeed? It said because of his divine power has already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How? Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. So the more I understand Jesus, 
The more I understand my relationship with him, the more I'm able to operate and recognize the things, here we go, that he's already given me. He's already given me everything I need that pertains to life and godliness. I always say it this way, life is my natural life, godliness is my spiritual life. God has already given you what you need, listen to me, to succeed naturally. He's already given you what you need to succeed spiritually, but you got to recognize it's in him. Because it's in him that we live, that we move, and that we have our being. That verse, uh, through, through the knowledge of him, calls the glory and virtue, that verse in the Amplified, 2 Peter 1 and 3, it says, for his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything. Come on, say that. I have absolutely everything. He's bestowed us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness through true and personal knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and excellence. Your greatest quest in life is to get to know God better. Your greatest quest in life should be to get to know Jesus better. Paul said that I may know him in his suffering, in the power of his resurrection. He writes, he said, I, I'm praying for you that you would understand the width, the knowledge, the depth of the love of God. We got to get more, the more I know him, the more powerful I am. Oh my God. You are of God, little children. Why? Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I got to understand the greatness of him who's in me. Let me say that again. I got to understand the greatness of him that's in me. If I understand the greatness of him that's in me, stuff external don't stop me. If I understand how great he is in me, what you say does not have to stop me because I recognize what's in me is more powerful than who's against me. I recognize what's in me is more powerful than those outside of me. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So God's given us what we need. God's made a great investment in us. Now, now let me get to my message. What has he put in? Number one, he's given us faith. Okay? Romans 12 and 3 says, look up at, he has dealt to each of us the measure of faith. Okay? How many of y'all play spades? It's all right. You ain't going to go to hell. He's trying to put us in a trick today. First he asked him, we know where the club is. <laughs> Then he asked if we play spades. Next he's going to ask, do we have any weed? <laughs> Trying to get me in trouble in church. Okay? God has dealt to each of us. Okay? When you start off a card game, whether it's spades or whatever, I, I played spades one time. One of our members tried to show it to me who knew how to play real good. I'm saved, so I didn't know how to play spades. But one of my good members tried to show me how to play spades. Because I don't know how to play spades, but she knew how to play And I, I only remember. But in every... In every uh, in every card game, you start everybody off with the same amount of cards. God has dealt to all of us the measure of faith. What you going to do with your hand? I think I did a series one time called Play Your Hand. You can start off with the worst hand. You just got to know how to play it. And not only that, see, now I'm going to say time and chance happen to everybody. Okay? The very card you, you, the very card that you need, somebody else just threw on the table because they despise it or they thought they couldn't do You know, when I, when I was learning how to play space at one time, somebody said, I said, well, I don't think I can do. They, they looked at my hand and said, let me see your hand. You can do this with this and that. that, that. See, they knew how to play the hand. Sometimes you got a good hand. You just got to learn how to play your hand. 
I believe you can win if you don't know how to play your head. God has dealt to everyone to measure of faith. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, by grace you've been saved through faith. That, that not of yourself, it's the gift of God. So God has given you a believing mechanism. God has given you faith. Everything starts with faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. God starts you off with faith. Now it's up to you to grow it. It's up to you to use it. But God starts us off with faith. Secondly, he's invested in us grace. He's given us grace. We just saw by grace you saved through faith. That not of yourself. So faith also the gift of God. Ephesians 4 and 7 said, To each one of us, grace has been given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. So he's given each one of us grace. Don't say I don't have the No, you got grace, you got faith, you got grace. God's invested this in you so he can get a return on his investment. Thirdly, Preached about this a couple weeks ago. God's given you angelic assistance. He sends angels to help you. Hebrews 1 and 4 says angels are ministering spirit. They're sent out by God to serve, watch this, to accompany, to protect those who will inherit salvation. Of course they are. Are not angels those ministering spirits who are sent out by God to serve, to accompany, to protect us? And to assist those who will inherit salvation, the answer is, of course they are. So God has given me, first I said he's given us what? Faith. He's invested grace. He's invested angels to help us. Number four, I mentioned earlier, God has made investment. He's given you favor. He's, come, come on, say I have favor. Don't just claim favor and say I'm going to have it. No, I got favor right now. Come on. I walk in the favor of God and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost. I walk and I live in the favor of God and the comfort everywhere I go. Before I go, favor shows up. If you ask for a meeting with me, understand I got at least a plus one. Don't ask me can come because you ain't going to see him anyway. But I, everywhere I go, the favor of God goes for me. And I'm probably going to have two because goodness and mercy. Follows me all the day. Come on, somebody shout, I'm never alone. I'm never alone. He's given us favor. Fifthly, watch this, y'all. He's given us his word. Man, this is so powerful. This is so powerful. I don't care what projects you came from. I don't care what trailer park you came from. I don't care how small the town is you came from. I don't care what, what your mother did or didn't do, what they were able to start you off with, how much money you had, whether you, had to, whether you was on welfare or no fare at all. It does not matter. God has given you also his word, Jeremiah 1. When Jeremiah said, I'm a child, why would you, what, what makes you think you can use me? I'm, 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 I'm nothing, I'm nobody, I'm just a child. And Jeremiah 1, 9 and 10, the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, behold means wake up, realize, look at it. I put my words in your mouth. Come on, say this, say I have God's words in my mouth. He said, I put my words in your mouth. He said, see, see me, I need you to perceive this. Because he, he didn't physically see him putting words in his mouth. He said, I need you to see this in the realm of the spirit. I need you to perceive that I put my word in your mouth. See, this day, through the word in my mouth, through my word in your mouth, see this day, I've set you over. I've set you over. 
I've set you over. You're going to be the head, not the tail. I've set you over nations. I've set you over kingdoms. I've set you over cities. I've set you over companies. I've set you over industry. I've set you over, over policies. I've set you over. Behold, see, I've set you over nations, over kingdom. And then he said, and if you perceive my word in your mouth, you're going to be able to do six things. He said, number one, you're going to be able to root out and get, you're going to be able to root out. You're going to be able to root out. That means some of, some, some of y'all got some stuff in you and stuff in your family is going back from generations. Some, it may have gone back to slavery, but it may have gone back before slavery. Some of them may have came over from the motherland. It's some deep-rooted stuff. And sometimes that's fear, sometimes it's anxiety, sometimes it's a get-over spirit, it's a hustle spirit, Some, sometimes it's not being able to make a marriage work, sometimes it's a spirit of divorce, are y'all listening to me? He said, but you, he said, but I want you to say, you can root it out. I don't care how deep it is, God says, with my word in your mouth, you can root it out. Oh, that means get it at the root, get it at the root, get it at the root. Don't just deal with it on the surface level, get it at the root. If you get it at the root, it ain't growing no more. If you get it at the root, it's not going to be passed on to your children. Somebody say, Lord, help me to get it at the root. Thirdly, through my word in my mouth, you can destroy. To destroy means to make it useless. Come on, irreparable. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king horses and all the king men, what? Lord, some of y'all feel so, you don't even know a nursery rhyme. What are the, Lord, help the children today. Couldn't put Humpty back down, know why? Because Humpty was destroyed, okay? When, when, when something is destroyed, you can't put it back again. See, some of y'all have been dealing with stuff on the surface, and, and, but God wants you to destroy some stuff. Number four, he said you're going to be able to throw down. I want you to be able to, somebody say, I'm about to throw down. Throwing down means you got to put some force behind it. Some of y'all, you play with the devil too much. You pancake it. You, you play and patty cake with, with the devil. I said to Pastor Mark, says, we got to think about something. You know, there's people who, that, who are believers. You believe, you're saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, but you're so worried about witchcraft. You're so worried about a curse. And the Spirit of the Lord said something to me. He said, anytime somebody, because you know what? Because you have more faith in the witchcraft than you do in the, in the power of Jesus' name. You got more faith in the witchcraft than you do in the blood of Jesus. So, well, pastor, you saying that stuff not real? Yeah, it's real. Yeah, it works, but no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every time that rise, come on now. I got more faith in the blood than I have in your sugar, in your salt, in your little dog. You try to put pins in what you try to do to me. It's already been rebuked from you. Somebody say, throw down, throw down, throw down, throw. There's a place where God said, you're going to throw down, throw, throw down me. You put some force behind it. Since the days of John the Baptist, the king of heaven suffered violent. And the violent, the violent, take it by force. Some of y'all, you're being too gentle in your faith. So, you know, I, I thought about the, the church I came out as, as a little child. You know, we, 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 you know, we, we were, we were, uh, we clapped on the fourth Sunday. No, seriously, we clapped, the gospel chorus sang on the fourth Sunday. 
And other than that, we sang anthems and hymns. We, we were watching the crown. We, we, we were, we were uh, watching the crown last night. Uh, uh, and uh, the last one of the crown. And they were in the Church of England at, at, at uh, 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 Abbey. They were singing this hymn. And I, and I started singing along the hymn that they sing in the Church of England. My son looked at me. I said, I, said, I grew up singing, singing that song. Okay, and we, we, was, we was, Tim, it was a couple of us young adults and teenagers, little teenagers, we used to sit in the back row, and, 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 and the gospel chorus was saying, and we, we, would, we would challenge each other, I'll stand up if you stand up. No, seriously, y'all, I'll stand up if you, I, I, come on, come on, we're going to stand up and clap. And then, oh, then we said, come on, one, two, three, and two of us stand up, the other one's still sitting down. Okay, and then we would clap, and everybody would look at it, and we had one praise in the church. One praiser. Y'all know if you only got one praiser, it's a problem. Miss Hughes, Miss Hughes. Now, she drank like a fish, but she was a praiser. <laughs> the Bible said that everything that had breath. She had breath, and, she, and she, Miss Hughes would get her, oh, yes, it did. Oh, yes, it did. And she would wait till it got quiet. <laughs> the choir would finish singing, and crown, crown him, crown him. Y'all know this song. Crown him and crown him, Lord of all. Amen. Oh, yes, it did. Oh, yes, it did. Oh, yes, it did. Now, we wasn't even saying that he did anything. We have one praise in our church, okay? And some of y'all come here and you still got that kind of religious spirit on you, okay? You don't praise. You think somebody's going to look at you when you raise your hand. We ain't studying you. We trying to get our own breakthrough. Come on. I don't want nobody to see me. I don't want nobody to see me run. I don't want somebody to see me scream. Come on. When you want deliverance and you ready to throw down, come on now. You ain't thinking about nobody else. Oh, I came in here depressed, but the spirit of depression got to get up off of me. Look at somebody say, it's time to throw down. If you're going to throw down, you can't be timid. You timid praises, you need a breakthrough. Even, even psychotherapists, and therapists are letting people know the power of a good scream. The power of a good holler. You think you're so sophisticated, you're going to go in there with a PhD, and they say, you, you too wrapped, you wrapped up too tight. Okay? You know what that really means? I'm going to say something y'all ain't like. You got a big old stick up you. But we got to get it out you. you hey! Some don't realize this ain't that's not just emotion. Throughout the scriptures, we see where God talked about the shout. I got a book called The Shout of God. There's something happened when we shout. The walls of Jericho came down when they shouted. Somebody shout. My God, my God. When you shout. When you shout, 
when you shout, walls got to come down. When you shout, demons got to flee. When you shout, poverty got to back up. When you shout, tumors can dissolve. When you shout, money cometh. Shout! Shout! My God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Let the high praises of God be in your mouth. He'll put a two-edged sword in your hand to exercise vengeance on every enemy. Jesus. Sit down, y'all. I ain't finished yet. Somebody say, you ain't finished? No, I ain't finished. So after you root out, take God's word. After you root out, after you pull down, after you destroy, after you throw down, now you can build. Sometimes we're trying to build too quickly. You're building on bad ground. You're building over stuff that need to be rooted out, pulled down, destroyed, and thrown down. Now you can build. And they shall build the old waste places. That means repairing something. And they that be of thee shall know as repairers of the breach. Restoring cities, restoring communities. Start with your own family. Really, sometimes, y'all, I look, I look over my family. I say, God, you've been so good to me. Oh, my, really. And, and, and I, I, don't, I don't boast in myself. I said, God, you've been so good to us. Lord, I've been able to do things for my children that I'd only had dreamed of, that I didn't even know anything about. You know, y'all know how you, when, when you're young in poverty, you always talk about rich people, those rich, and you don't even have in your mind that you would ever be there. You hear about somebody paying $100 for a meal, and you almost want to cuss. What? Why in the world would you pay a hundred? What? Uh, how much Mercedes cost? Fifty, fifty thousand. Why you gonna get a fifty thousand dollar car? You can get a fifteen thousand dollar car. That do, because see, your your mind has not been expanded, and God's done so much. But I had to get rid of all that old way of thinking. I had to root out, pull down, destroy, throw down. Then I could build. And then verse, and then in 60, he said, you're going to be able to do, with God's word, you're going to be able to plant. Everybody say plant. Plant means start something new. For many of you, this is your year to plant. This is your year to start something new. I, you, you hear what I said? I said, for many, this is your year to plant. Some of y'all, you, you, you can't go back to that same world. You got to, you got to start something new. It may be in a new place. It may be a new thing. You have to start. You have to plant to start something new from scratch. And the final thing I want to tell you that, that God's invested in us is the Holy Spirit. Please understand. We jump. We run. We dance. We speak in tongues here. But can I tell you, that is not the greatest use of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, for those of you who feel better if you say Holy Ghost. Some of us, we just real spiritual. You can't say Holy Spirit. You don't feel them. But when you say Holy Ghost, your head gets a rocket. Okay? They're, they're interchangeable terms in the scripture. The Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost is given to us to help us in our assignment.
If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content, as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for marriage, faith, and family inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.